I think, you know, something that for me is so, so crucially important is to have that mindset of, I don't know everything and I'm going to keep learning and that's okay. Um, but the first to admit, I get kind of upset or angry at myself if I don't know how to do something just because, you know, I want to be good at my job and I always want to learn, but I, I get frustrated with that. So I've just had to let it go. Welcome to the Let's Start Health podcast. I'm your host, Chelsea Haynes. We live in a noisy world, and this space is intended to bring you clarity, enrich your bank of wellness knowledge, and inspire you to kickstart your journey to healing body, mind, and soul. I'll be interviewing industry professionals and bringing you raw, real, and personal stories of healing through gut health, intuitive eating, and the power of the abundance mindset. Thank you so much for tuning in and getting curious. Your journey to healing starts now. Welcome back to Let's Start Health, a podcast sharing vulnerable stories to inspire and educate you on your journey to optimize health. I'm your host, intuitive gut health coach, Chelsea Haynes. So many of you may know, but some of you may not, that at the end of last summer, uh, already about a year ago, I actually retired from yachting to embark on this solopreneur journey of health coaching and following my passion to help others heal their gut and start living really happily and healthily and, and vibrantly. And a lot of the work that I do is about overcoming fears and limiting beliefs, which I know we will have the beautiful opportunity to circle back around in this conversation, which leads me to why I am so excited about today's guest, uh, my very dear friend, Gemma Hubbard. She is socially known as The Yacht Stew. And Gemma and I had a chance encounter a few years back when we both happened to be in interview by uh, CNN. <laughs> this lovely, hilarious CNN article that always kind of ends up popping up in like the most random ways. And th that story actually dove deep into the, what was it, like confessions of a super yacht stewardess or like the life of a super yacht stewardess? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you can yeah. probably Google it and it'll pop right up, right? <laughs> Um, which Gemma and I, we always like to laugh. It was a little bit embarrassing the day that it came out sitting in the crew mess, but that's another story for another day. <laughs> so since then, I've had this beautiful and amazing um, synchronistic friendship with Gemma, and I'm so excited to share her story with all of my listeners here today, and also some exciting news as well. So Gemma, could you please just introduce yourself and maybe start with how and when did you get started in the yachting industry? Well, thank you for that amazing intro. I always <laughs> giggle as well when I think about that article. That was a bit of an interesting time. Um, but yes, as you said, um, I am a part of the yachting industry. I have been now for the past nine years. Um, I actually met my husband on boat seven years ago. So what kind of was a six-month plan turned into a couple of years, turned into let's travel the world with this guy I really like and marriage and all of that. So it, it really did evolve for me from that summer season of I need to pay off my student loans and then I'll come back and I'll have a corporate job to, oh, I actually really like this and let's see how long I can kind of ride the wave and, and see where it takes me. I just got goosebumps. You know, it's so funny how looking back we... I, th I think majority of us who have sort of that similar path where we had student loans, we had debt, we didn't really know what was going on in life. I know for me personally, it was post-divorce. So it was sort of just like flipping the table and trying something new. So how did you first hear about yachting? Like how did it even come on your radar as like a six-month plan? So I went to university in Vancouver, um, where I'm from, and someone was in my event management um, course. It was like a, an intensive year course. And one of my um, colleagues in there, she had just done five years of yachting. And then she was taking the course to do more luxury um, sommelier wine type events. And towards the end, she was like, Jem, you're, you're 18. Like, break up with your boyfriend, 
Thank God someone told me to do that for starters. (laughs) Um, And just go. She said, just go, give it a a whirl, try it for six months. Um, But she said, the money is really good. And at that point, I mean, I was, I graduated high school early. So I was quite young to be finished uni at 18. And I did not have the money to move out, but I wanted some sort of freedom. And I, you know, I just needed a way to be creative, but be paid Mm. to be creative. And it just kind of, it was the first thing in months that just felt right. You know, I just kept thinking of all these options of, oh, I can rent a house here and maybe try and get a job there, or I can live here and commute there. And everything was just like, this is not right. I can feel it. It's not right. And, and then I thought about yachting and I said, you know what, I'm going to go for it. So I told my best friend and I just said, hey, I'm going to do this yachting thing. Just a heads up. Um, and she's like, cool, I'll come with you. So that was Amazing. the of our conversation. Um, and she flew down with me and I flew out the day after my final exam. So I didn't Amazing. even walk across the stage. They had to send me my certificate because I was already on the boat. Amazing. Isn't it so fabulous too, in those moments in life when we reflect back and we say, you know what, I'm just not going to let fear drive the steering wheel right now. I'm just going to trust my intuition. I'm going to do something that feels wild and crazy. And obviously the world has put the right people in my life at the right time. And I had a very similar story of teaching yoga full time. And I'm the, one of the girls that was teaching there as well had just gotten out of yachting. She also had just met her husband, who's now the governor in South Carolina, which is amazing. Um, but same, they had been in, in yachting for a very long time, many years. So they were like on the other side of it and planted that seed for me. So what a really cool opportunity and moment to look back and reflect and say, wow, that was a pivotal moment in my life where I just chose to trust myself. I just chose to, again, put fear in the passenger seat. So I always like to say fear is this like really healthy thing that we have to have because it prevents us from driving off the road (laughs) or into, you know, an oncoming traffic, but we can't let it drive the car. So that kind of segues me into really my next question for you. And you are so open and candid about leadership and mental health on board. And I know after almost a decade of being in the yachting industry, uh, I can imagine there's been waves, literally and figuratively, (laughs) (laughs) right, of peaks and valleys when it comes to Mm -hmm. that idea of mental and physical health on board. So I guess, what was your personal experience with, you know, over the years, those peaks and valleys? And yeah, let's start with that. Your personal experience. (laughs) Yeah. Gosh, I think I'll have to summarize. Um, But no, you're absolutely right. I have had some incredible highs where I've actually been at my physical fittest, um, mentally my strongest. And I've had other times where I am incredibly unhealthy and on the spectrum really of mental health, like pushing like the end scale of, you know, feeling incredibly down and out. Um, And it really has gone up and down. I think a huge part of that for me over the years was I did have um, some chief shoes that were quite difficult to work with. And um, I'm so grateful now though, because every time something like that happened, it really instilled in me that one day if I had the opportunity to step up, this is how I'll do things different. Um, but kind of through that, I unfortunately think it really just sparked a bit of anxiety within me. I had never dealt with it before, but I, I had a chief shoe that came back from leave. And I remember that I went to my room and I had what was like my first panic attack. And I just thought, holy moly, this is just not normal. This feeling, it's just, it like starts in my toes and works all the way up. And my like skin's hot and it's tingling and it's, and it was awful. But then it, as kind of luck would have it, I went on holiday. Um, I then stepped up coming back from holiday because she left while I was away. And then I came back and it's funny because in the next two years, because I stayed on that boat for quite a while, um, as Chief Stew, we were docked somewhere permanently, like maybe eight months a year. I had a personal trainer, so I would train like five or six days a week. I had really good group of friends, like locally off the boats. And so I went from, you know, being on this boat for a year as a second, and there wasn't a third at the time. So it was just me and a chief stew that she didn't like me. And you, not everyone's going to like me. That's, that I understand. But it is hard when you don't have another female around um, 
to just chat to or talk to. It was incredibly lonely and we were in a country that didn't speak English. So that that too was a challenge. Mm. Um, but I think for me, it was quite shocking. Like, holy moly, I went from someone who was literally like in their room, shaking, feeling nauseous, feeling sick to a few months later, going to the gym, eating really healthy, feeling not just content, but feeling happy. And all of that revolved around one position of power. So I just think for me over my career, I've, I've I mean, starting at 18, well, for me, it was probably the best thing. I don't know if I'd recommend it. I had, you know, that party stage and I was on one boat for, gosh, I was only on, I think for three months at the very beginning of my career. And I just partied a lot. The crew loved going out. And after two and a half months, I resigned because I just said, this is not healthy for me. And I just, that's not me anyways. Like I'm a total grandma. Give me a cup of tea and a movie any day. Um, And so I I guess I have learned a lot more too about my personal boundaries of, you know, I I don't want to be around this kind of environment. So that's something I always ask in interviews as well as really try and dig deep into the crew dynamic. Cause I think that's something people forget is you, you know, you can't change the way your boss speaks to you within reason. You know, there's some things you can't change, but what you can decide upon is the crew atmosphere and what kind of crew you do join. Um, So it's just been, it was a huge learning curve over the years. Yeah. And getting into it so young, I can imagine too, you're, you're learning yourself as well as like you said, those healthy boundaries with other people and, you know, even how to just communicate with leadership on board. And then of course, how to receive um, leadership that might not even know how to be. And I'd love to, we're going to kind of digress a little bit into that conversation a little bit more here in just a minute, but I want to just take a moment for anyone who's like, totally unfamiliar with yachting in the world of yachting. It's, it's paralleled to, I like to compare it to like, imagine if you worked, worked in a restaurant and then could never go home at the end of the day, (laughs) or if you worked in a hotel, really a floating hotel, and you were there to serve and make the beds and do everything. But then at the end of the day, you never went home. You never unplugged. You never went and spent time with your people. So what I hear you saying was that, you know, during the times where you were on the dock you had that consistency, you had the schedule, you had your people that were outside of your coworkers, which of course, when you're working on a boat, your coworkers are your friends, they're your network, they're the people you hang out with, the people that you work with. It's, it's one tiny, small environment. So it sounds like that journey for you really, you know, that stability was really important for you. And it's, it's interesting because yachting is such an amazing job for what it is, but stability is definitely probably not one of those things. <laughs> So how do you think even amongst, you know, amongst the unstable times, were there moments that felt unstable, but that you were still able to maintain this sense of uh, stability within yourself? Yeah, I mean, after, um, after the boat was on where we were based somewhere for ages, I joined a boat that was not based anywhere, that moved all the time, that was always, always, always at anchor. And um, I then kind of started to feel myself spiraling a little bit just with like, you know, just deep in my head of, you know, suddenly feeling overcome with anxiety and having no desire or like need or anything to want to move my body. You know, at the end of the workday, I just wanted to sit and go to my room. And I think that's when I relied heavily on you know the girls around me and I was so fortunate that when I was stepped on that boat it became a bigger team Mm. and I was like oh this is great I no longer have one girl around me I have a team of five or a team of six and as much as it's incredible working with your husband and with your partner you still have to have that separation and people are not going to appreciate it and nor would I be comfortable with it if you act like a couple in the crew mess which is the one room on board really that the crew are allowed to relax in outside of their cabin. And so you still kind of feel like you always have that boundary up. Whereas if you're sitting out with the girls and just having a laugh, then it felt quite normal. So I tried to do that. And then I really made an effort at that point, every day on my hour lunch break, I would eat for like 10, 15 minutes. And then me and the second shoe, oh, she's just the most beautiful human. Um, her and I would go for walks for like 30 to 40 minutes every day on our lunch break. And gosh, it just 
it made such a difference to a have a really good friend get fresh air move my body and just be out of my head yeah it just made the world of difference this is something I say so often with clients of mine and and something I would love to hear you know for anybody here listening to this and can relate to that feeling of spiraling up and out you know like we are as human beings we're very heady (laughs) right we like to think we can control things in our life by thinking about it you know we can figure out our life right through our head and I just see it over and over and over again that actually just the more we get in our head the less we are in our body and it's it's unfortunate because then eventually like you said that scale starts to tip where the more we are in our head the less easy it is to get back in our body and actually the motivation to even be in our body is not even there and you know what i mean by that is those still moments that underlying current of calm and contentness and peace right so it really sounds like even just having that little ritual and routine for you. And, and for anyone who might be listening to this, who is a yacht stew and, and a lot of my clients who are yacht stews, I always say like, what are the small things that you can do for yourself, even on charter, even, you know, when you're at anchor for days, you know, even when the circumstances seem outward, like otherworldly almost, what are the small little things that you can do to get yourself out of your head and into your body? So I love that offering Gemma that just get outside, go for fresh air. And I would do the same thing on my lunch. You know, of course, as your resident gut health coach, I'd say, take 20 minutes to eat. <laughs> True. As, 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 yeah. as I was saying that, I was like, oh, Chelsea's going to say something about that. <laughs> for sure. Like, let's slow it all down. But even that can be a sacred ritual, right? Of allowing yourself just to slow down and to get into your body and really enjoy the food that you're nurturing yourself with. Of course, on Charter, you might only have 15 minutes to plate up and swallow your food down and get back to the pantry. But, (laughs) you know, if you do have the luxury of a 20 minute meal, try to sit down and enjoy it, but then go take that 30, 40 minutes and just get outside. I used to just go sit on the bow and just like, all of you people just go away. Let me just be (laughs) for a moment. So let's talk a step forward here, if you don't mind. And something I don't hear very often is this conversation of, you know, the dynamic of women on board. And really what it means to be a leader in that environment. And, you know, I know my first experience with leaders and chiefs twos was questionable at best. You know, it was just, and and to give them the benefit of the doubt, I think we're all doing the best that we can given the traumas we've experienced in life and then the coping skills that we've been able to manage those traumas. Like that's really what allows me to drop back into a state of compassion for someone who might be um, flexing their power muscles. (laughs) but there was always this feeling of competition and comparison which felt like oh like and for me it was a little bit different I got into the industry at 29 post-divorce it was like you know a decade after where I was in this community of women that supported each other teaching yoga and you know Gemma something that I love about your Instagram page and everything that you do is you speak so openly and candidly about your intention as a leader on board so working your way up that ladder, what was your experience like? And you kind of touched on it already, but, you know, navigating from that junior stew all the way up to, you know, managing those challenging situations to, I want to be a leader that looks like who I am now. Can you just shed a little light on that journey for us? Absolutely. So when I, my first chief stew job offer, um, I had only been in the industry for 18 months. And I was, gosh, I think I was just about to turn 20 um, and I declined it. And so many people were like, you're crazy. You know, you're, you're not even 20 yet. You could be the youngest chief student. I just said, but what kind of leader would I be if I don't have the experience to be able to train everybody else? And granted, you know, some people in a year and a half could learn perhaps far more than what I had learned. But at that point, I just felt like I didn't have enough knowledge and wisdom and experience really and I think perhaps that's some of the perks of joining yachting a little older well it's not hard to do because I was 18 but a little older than I was because you are bringing in more life experience and perhaps more professional work experience so 
I said no, which was not a popular decision <laughs> with kind of my my friend group of, of um, stewardesses. And then um, it was, gosh, probably another two and a half years from there until I, I stepped up. So for me, it was crucially important that when I did step up, I felt comfortable in my surroundings. I think that's something that um, really affects leadership is, you know, you you're a second stewardess and that kind of means you're you're the right hand man to the chief's g let's say or at least that's how i like to think of it mm -hmm. and then you get this opportunity to step up but it's on another boat so it's completely unfamiliar surroundings you do not know the preferences of the crew of the owner you do not know where anything's kept on board so then you're heavily relying on other people but you almost don't want to rely on other people because it's your job to know. And it's that really funny balance. So I think for me, it was crucially important that I stepped up in place mm. because then I didn't have to worry about that. I could just focus on really learning the job role of the chief stew, not learning the vessel, the owners and the crew. So that was, that for me was huge. And I think that definitely helped calm my nerves about wanting to step up and, and progress. Um, but I think a huge part of, of the platform that I've kind of created online is just, you're so right. This, you know, competition or girls asking for checklists and whatnot and people saying no. And it's just, well, are you serious? Because you've only got all your stuff, all your paperwork, all your documents, your stew Bible as you will, because someone before you has either left it on board or you've taken it from another boat. You know, it, it's very rare. I think that you come into yachting with zero experience with the knowledge to be able to do all that. Yeah. You don't, you really have don't. to get it from someone else. So when someone's asking you, why wouldn't you share? I, and, and well, yes, there are never going to be, you know, a hundred million chief stew jobs out there that I completely appreciate, but they're not just going to hire you for your knowledge. It will be for your past experience, which can't be duplicated. So whether you're helping someone or not, they're not going to have the same experience as you. Mm. and personality as well they might want to you know chief stew that's maybe a bit more stern and firm or they might want to chief stew that's a bit more warm and friendly again you handing over some advice or knowledge is not going to change that mm. so that for me is a huge frustration and something I've, I've really actively tried to change the narrative of um just with the girls I work with the ones I you know I'm fortunate enough to speak with online and and so on and so forth because I think as a leader, it's your responsibility to not just lead the ones that you're paid to lead. Yeah. People that maybe look up to you or have a friend that worked with you and, and really, you know, loved the way that you did this specific training. At what point, you know, does it just get too much of, no, I'm not sharing, I'm not doing this. So I just think it's that fine balance. And I do understand that people take a lot of pride and, and time in creating these things. I just also feel that we are so much stronger together. And this is such a small industry. Luxury hospitality as a whole is quite niche. And I learn things every day from what people share online. And I love it. I think it's incredible and epic. And if I'm learning every day, surely I want to be a part of paying that back as well. So that's a huge part for me, I think, with yeah. leadership on board and, and really valuing Amazing. your team is so crucially important and even if you don't necessarily get on yeah. you know with all the girls on a really close friendly level you don't have to be everybody's best friend you always have to keep it professional and you always have to ensure that you're doing what you can to propel them in their careers so I think taking out the personal side of it mm. is quite important sometimes because obviously some of my best friends are from boats but that does not mean on that specific boat that they're going to get preferential treatment that just shouldn't and and can't happen absolutely and thank you so much for sharing all that and i think you hit on some really important things i have really exciting news to share and that is my dear friend dr carly go lightly you've heard her here on let's start health podcast mini series living lightly with dr go lightly where we talk about digestible science and all of the things and I are collaborating. I am upgrading my elite one-on-one -on -one four-month coaching program to include GI map testing. 
Y'all, this is so cool. By testing the DNA of our gut microbiome organisms, this amazing test gives us insight into all of the bacteria, viruses, and protozoa, in other words, those potential parasites and worms that might be present in our gut, as well as any opportunistic organisms. You know, those ones that if they're given the opportunity to grow and create problems like autoimmune disease and SIBO, they will. <laughs> but what I love most about this test is that it also shows us a breakdown of the good organisms and bacteria present. And we can look at if we need to support these guys in any different way than we currently are. Based on the results of this test, Dr. Golightly and I will be able to create a comprehensive healing protocol based on your unique needs. For more information and to book a free discovery call, simply go to my website, chelseahainescoaching.com forward slash contact, book a call, and I cannot wait to get to know you a little bit more and help aid you on this journey to truly optimized health. to offer to you that you have such an innate sense of wisdom <laughs> that, you know, I think this ability to say, no, I'm not going to just take this leadership role because my ego wants to be able to say that I'm the youngest chief stew ever. <laughs> but, and, and I think oftentimes that does happen. And especially in the industry where there is that opportunity to jump up, it's tempting to say to it's hard to say no to it because right we want to have that uh on our cv we want to have that pride we want to be able to say yeah look look at me i jumped up to steve chiefs too but at the end of the day are you really do you have that foundation built to be there and for anyone listening to this who's works on land and has never worked on a boat you know it's the same thing working in any management position with any company excuse me with any management position with any company you know it's like Imagine running a team of people from this inexperienced place, which then leads to that scarcity mindset, which probably stems from that, ooh, I know what I know, so I need to hoard all of the information to prove that I'm worthy of this role, rather than just sitting back and saying, you know what, we benefit from sharing. We benefit from being in this abundant mindset of, we can offer more and more from it, right? Um, it's, it's a really interesting concept to see too, like how from the top down, when that leadership is operating in that scarcity mindset of hoarding information or hoarding your energy or hoarding um, really whatever it is, you know, it's that feeling of creating that competition rather than that cohesiveness. And like we breathe together, we work together as a team, how much that really affects everybody underneath. And I listened to a book last year by Brene Brown. I think it's called Dare to Lead. Not 1000% sure. I listened to it on audio tape and it was such a great book about leadership. I highly recommend every single human being listen to it. But you know, a, a lot of it has to do with being willing to be vulnerable, even as the leader, right? So, you know, Gemma, in your experience as Chief Stu, you know, in those moments where things felt hard, I mean, did you feel comfortable getting vulnerable with your team? And, you know, what was your experience like with vulnerability? And also, well, I would imagine knowing who you are, that you were able to create that space for your team to be vulnerable with you. But with, like, without that, it's just such a <laughs> scary, hard place. So what was your experience with that and being able to both be vulnerable as a leader and letting your team be able to feel comfortable being vulnerable with you? I think, you know, something that for me is so, so crucially important is to have that mindset of, I don't know everything and I'm going to keep learning and that's okay. Mm. Um, but, you know, I, I, I'm the first to admit, I get kind of upset or angry at myself if I don't know how to do something. Um, just because, you know, I want to be good at my job and I always want to learn, but I, I get frustrated with that. So 
I've just had to let it go. I, you know, I often will go to like the chief officer or the captain and go, hey, I really don't understand this. Can we please talk it through? Also, Mm. I think the relationship with the second stewardess, who is the one that will basically step into your position when you're away. um, And I'm sure if you're not on boats, you can relate to that. You know, if you've got the president of a company, you've got the vice president. That's probably the best way to describe it. But I have always, always hired girls. When they come on board, I go, I want you to be aware that anything and everything I know about how this boat operates, you're going to know. And if there's any other issues, you and I are going to work this out together. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I say that straight off the bat in the interview. So they know like, this is not a hands-off role. This is very much hands-on. And then in moments where I feel completely overwhelmed, I mean, I got married in the middle of the summer. I had a guest trip. The guests left within two hours. I was on the tender going ashore. I got married like three or four days later two days after that I was back on board with guests on wow so you can imagine the intensity <laughs> I recommend do not <laughs> do not attempt which um, by the way that wedding video of yours is like to die for so it was it oh, was worth you. it right because you made it look <laughs> yeah you guys your happiness just exudes through yeah oh it was yeah it was, it was a brilliant brilliant time yeah. but I think just working up to that I had deadlines because we were going into a shipyard period so I had to put together so much paperwork of all my quotes and all this and it was kind of the first massive shipyard period I was doing as well and I remember sitting in a guest cabin I think two days before I was supposed to fly out for the wedding and everyone's like oh you're gonna go be tanning every night I was like are you crazy I'm working till midnight to just get this done but that would be nice um and the the second she came in and she's like Jem like how are you going and I just started to cry and I just said I'm not gonna lie like I am just Mm. I, I know I can do this, but I just don't know how I'm going to do this because I just said, this is just far too much at once. And it was a huge amount. And she's like, what do you need? And I just said, just give me a minute. And can you come back in you know, five? And she's like, yeah, yeah, sure. So I wrote down everything that I had to get done on board. And then I just said, here's my list. I said, everything I know, you know, I've taught you. I said, can you just start cracking on with this list? And I'm going to focus on the big thing because it's all the small things, you know, that you think of like, oh, I've got to do that, write that down. I've got to do this, write that down. Mm -hmm. And if I could just focus on the big project at hand, Mm -hmm. then she could deal with the smaller things. And I think that's a testament to how important it is to having open knowledge and open communication and teaching and training so others understand what you need in times of not crisis, but in times of high stress. You know, because they've worked with you long enough that they know, okay, well, Gemma's strength is this, my strength is that, that's what I'm going to work towards. Yeah. Um, and then within the team, I'm just always super honest with the girls. Um, I went through some some personal things a few months ago and and ended up having to leave the boat for a week very, very last minute. Um, I flew out like the next day. And that morning, all the girls came in for the morning meeting and I I sat there and I told them what we we're doing for the day. And then I just started to cry. And I just said, girls, I just want you all to know that I'm experiencing, you know, something that's incredibly traumatic in my life. Mm-hmm. And I'm going away tomorrow. But I love you all. And you're going to do great without me. I said, but I just want you all to know. And, you know, I think some of the, <laughs> one of my girlfriends who worked on board with me, she's like, oh, that was very, very honest. And I was like, well, You know, if you're going through shit, you're going through shit. You can't deny that. And at least then, you know, if I'm a little spaced out when I come back, people understand and they give you that grace of she's actually going through stuff. And the girls were always so good about coming to me with whatever they were going through. And I just thought, well, why isn't it that they can't see that side of me as well? Absolutely. I think it it shows such a sign. And, you know, I think it might be too, especially on board where, again, you're living on board, you're working together on board, your personal life and work life is so intertwined that to have that trust, I think is so important. And, you know, again, it comes from the, from the top down. So you mentioned, um, you know, always being willing to learn, but then also having these high self expectations, right? So I can imagine that inner struggle of like, we have these expectations of ourselves to And in any circumstance, in any situation, to know it all, to do it all, to be able to figure out, you know, whether it's the new mom or, you know, the young entrepreneur or whoever it may be, if you're embarking on this journey, we have this sort of like, 
I have to be quote unquote perfect at this. But you know, what I would challenge anyone here listening to this today is like, at least for me, what is perfect? For me, that person who's quote unquote perfect is that person who's willing to be vulnerable, is that person who's willing to just share their life and what they might be going through in their life for the sake of, I don't know, shared experiences and knowledge. And and this is how we collectively grow and move together and, and break through some of this like self-deprecating mindset that just keeps us in this like loop of how am I going to get this done? I don't know enough. And then we spiral into this like <laughs> well of, of self-harm almost, right? And something that you also mentioned that I thought was amazing was, you know, this ability to trust, right? To be able to hand over and for anyone who is feeling overwhelmed at all, I always say as well to my clients, like, let's break this down into micro movements. <laughs> like you said, if I can offset, offload all of the small things and just focus on the big things, and it's it, it goes the same for anyone who's reaching any goals, right? What can you get done? What can you outsource? What, how can you break this down into those tiny little micro, micro lists? And then who in your life do you have around you? And do you have the ability to trust not only in yourself, but also in the people around you to be able to offhand some of this stuff? Because I think without that trust, it's really hard to be a leader. Absolutely. I mean, you can't do it by yourself. That's absurd. It's just, no, thanks. Yeah. Yeah, no. And I mean, for anyone here, like I said, I mean, myself as an entrepreneur, it's like, you know, you, you create this passion, you have this passion, you have these, like, essentially this baby that you're, you're birthing, right? Whether it's your projects or your, your business or your job on board, right? It becomes your passion. So really checking your own ego and being able to trust yourself and being able to say, okay, I trust myself enough to know that I can get this done, but also am I able to trust my people with the same thing? So I think that there's something really important there about, um, you know, really being a leader, right? So let's take a step forward here. Let's kind of move into a little bit of a different energy here, if you don't mind. I would love just to ask you a lighthearted question. What were some of your most cherished memories being on board? Oh, gosh. Um, I think the, it's, it's quite cheesy, but um, the first time I love saw my husband moment. was out the porthole. And that's something that um, is just very special and makes me very, very happy to think um, about. Um, I've just had oh, some of the most, I think for me, it's some of the most beautiful friendships have been kind of yeah. created through this crazy and wild industry. And I had an epic, you know, team and on so many boats, we just did so much together. And I think for me, that's so special. And just last October, um, all the girls on board went to an Avril Lavigne concert, which is hilarious. I went when I was like 10 years old. So it totally, you know, it was like, wow, this is, she hasn't changed much for me. I feel the same (laughs) in case anyone was wondering. Um, And we rented a limo or I surprised the girls a limo and then we all went and had Mexican and it was just the most brilliant evening. And we were just so happy and elated and then American Idol came on board because they were filming. So they filmed an audition wow. board and that was quite cool. But there's just some really amazing times. There really yeah. are. And on the really bad, you know, passages when you're like, oh, what am I doing this for? Yeah. You always just think, oh, remember, you know, that that girl's lunch that you had here, how good was that? Or how... Ben and I, it was just so happened that the boat was docked um, in the south of France and we went to visit his parents one weekend. And through that, we found this area of France that we never even knew existed, that we loved, that we ended up getting married in. But that wouldn't have happened if the boat hadn't have been right there. Yeah. So it's so many just beautiful connections, I think, for me, more than anything tangible. Yeah, I love that. And, and what it kind of brings forth for me is in those moments where you know, those, those valleys or like the low times in our mental and physical health, I think bringing it back to that perspective and that gratitude, right? That gratitude, I think is so, so, so important because when, when we're in the moment, when we're in those, when we're in the feels, right. As I like to say, it's, it's, 
I think compassion for your own experience as a human being and as, you know, an energetic being who is trying to navigate this world as, as hopefully gracefully as we can, which doesn't always feel super graceful, but that's okay, right? And then shifting it back to those moments of gratitude and just saying, you know what, like, this has been wild and crazy in the transitions. And, you know, it's, I think also just taking accountability for knowing like, this is the life that I've chosen and it's exciting. And there's a lot of it that's not in my control, but what I can control is my attitude towards it. And also towards myself, like not even just, you know, life is happening for me, not to me, but also like I am living life from a compassionate place within my own heart. So in speaking about <laughs> birthing projects and being a leader and feeling grateful for the whole process and also being in a beginner's mindset, you have recently launched your own amazing project, the Yacht Stew Podcast. Please tell us a little bit about that. Well, thank you. Well, if anyone does yeah. listen, please listen to my episode with Chelsea because honest to goodness, it, I think that's, that tops it. It's one of my favorites. Um, but yeah, I had wanted to do a podcast uh, for about two years. And I have a blog and I'm just not a writer. Honestly, yeah. those blog posts, goodness gracious, they were such a course, like a source of stress for me. And I just thought, what is the point of doing this passion project? That's just yeah. making me frustrated with my horrendous grammar or spelling or the messages <laughs> I would get of, hi, have you ever considered, you know, employing someone to read your blogs? And I was like, girl, I make no money from this. This is just me trying to show my tips and tricks. And it was just quite disheartening. And then I thought, I love to talk and just have a really good conversation similar to you. And um, I had some leave in May and I wasn't allowed to leave the house. Thank you, Corona. So I spent um, a month in a house in South Florida and I took courses and I recorded my first four episodes in the house, in the closet, <laughs> actually. <laughs> Yeah, love that. Actually, my my first episode recorded was also on Miami Beach in the closet of our Airbnb. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. So perfect. So what were some of the limiting beliefs that you might have had to overcome when launching this project of yours? I mean, I think anytime I launch anything, I'm always say to Ben, I'm like, oh, Ben, babe, no one's going to listen. No one's going to read it. And he's like, are you crazy? And I'm like, no. Or, you know, people are going to nitpick it because I know that 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 does happen sometimes or um you know I don't want people to think I'm creating this platform because I feel as though I know everything for me it's actually really a source of education of I'm going to bring on people that I can learn from in hopes that others can learn as well so for me it was just that struggle of how do I get that across how do I want you know how do I bring people in that are wanting to learn with me as opposed to it being this like expert panel of everyone who knows everything about everything. So that, right. that was a bit of a challenge. Um, but yeah, it's, it's gone really well so far. So I don't really I know it. how you judge if it's going really well, but I'm super happy and the people that listen to it like it. So for me, that's enough. And that's all that matters. Yeah. Yeah. That's all that matters. And you know, I think as a, as a yoga teacher, one thing that I had to learn when I was brand new was to remember that if only one person showed up to your class, you still show up for that one person, right? Again, it's kind of this like ego mindset of like, oh my gosh, there's not 40 people in my class today. I must suck as a teacher. But actually, as we start to shift and start to feel abundant, even with that one source, that one person who's interested in what you have to say, that's when things start to naturally just get watered and grow and grow and grow and grow. So I'm just so excited for you. And one of the limiting beliefs that I personally had to get over in launching my business was, oh, but I don't have a land community. I've been in yachting for five years. Like I've been a nomad for five years. I've left my land community as I knew it a long time ago. So though I do have a very, uh, I feel close, I say close knit, like uh, engaged community online. Cause that, that is my community. I really had to shift my mindset about it. it was like, you know, this is not just a place where I'm just, um, posting pictures of my life, but this is really my community. Like the people online are my people that I interact with all day, every day. So it's interesting to see just those thoughts that come up. And for anyone who might be on a journey to, um, 
starting a new business, starting a new project, starting a new job, leaving a job, whatever it may be, just really remembering that like, if it gives you excitement, you know, if it feels expansive, there will be those limiting beliefs that comes up. You know, I encourage you to ask yourself, like, is this ultimate truth? Like, is it true that I can't run an online company without a land community? Absolutely not. Like, that's the whole point. So like, how am I, why am I letting myself even like (laughs) get to this point? So this leads me to the very exciting news that I'm super excited to share with all of your people. So what is your most recent life update, Jim? Uh, Yeah, so I totally quit my job. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's, uh, I mean, I had always planned on this last boat being my final, didn't quite plan for it to be so soon. Um, and well, you know, I'm, I may still freelance. I think that's probably still in the cards for me. Um, I think I'll miss it too much to just never, ever go back again. Um, I just, I kept saying no to these incredible projects or opportunities to pair with other people to make, Mm. you know, the community more diverse and offer a lot more resources and assistance. And, you know, Ben and I had a lot of conversations about it. And he just said, he said, you light up after work when you sit and work till 12 and you're replying to emails or you're helping girls out or you're, you know, connecting people or finding people jobs. And he said, you light up. And he's like, I think, you know, perhaps the boat we were on at the time, it was, it was hard, obviously with COVID skeleton crew and all that. And yeah. He just said, if, if it's not now, when? And uh, I just, I even, you know, I went back and forth and I went to the captain and I just said, I, I don't feel as though I'm really truly happy anymore. Mm. I said, but I'm just not sure that I'm ready to quit yet. And um, that night I'm, I'm super open. I, I um, have a therapist and she's amazing. And that, that night I spoke to her and she just kind of, we talked it through. And at the end I was like, holy moly. I'm not happy. So why am I staying in something that doesn't give me joy anymore? It's just obscene. And I want to, you know, live a life of happiness and joy. And I want to be able to feel like I can be creative and passionate again. So it's just been a very unique, scary, exciting, bizarre time in my life very strange. (laughs) I'm so grateful for you, you know, being interested in sharing it with us here. And especially on this platform at Let's Start Health, I feel really grateful for it because I do think that, you know, sharing our processes, sharing the journey itself, kind of, you know, similar to our conversation, I think that vulnerability is really where it, it gives other people permission to also seek their own happiness, right? It's like, you know, you live the, well, of course I grew up in America. So the, the typical quote unquote American dream was you, you go to college, you get married, you have two and a half kids and you have a white picket fence. And someday when you retire, you'll be happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think it's that realization of like, man, I've, I've kept myself here. And I would venture to say potentially out of fear, maybe it was fear of change or fear of letting go or fear of what comes next, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever it may be. And when we finally just have that download, you know, I've had a couple of my clients this week who are just like, holy crap, like, look how far I've come. Like, I'm just owning it. I'm just owning it and I'm doing it. And, and it doesn't matter what other people think. And it doesn't matter what, what even comes next. Like, I, I trust myself enough to know that I'll be able to figure it out. And what's the worst thing that could happen? I don't know. I end up with no money in my bank account and I go have to freelance again a little bit. Like that's not so bad. Absolutely, (laughs) It's not so bad. So I also just saw that you have done some amazing collaborations recently and you just launched a course. Please share with us a little bit about that. Thank you. Um, Yes. So I partnered up with Salacia Yachting and we created essentially the the first um, of its kind. It's an administrative course for chief stewardesses. So going through the very fun and exciting topic of Excel, um, work lists, shipyard lists, how to hire um, your team, what questions to ask, what to look for in a CV, um, how to forward plan morning meetings. Uh, There's even an app that I use for all my inventories on board. I created a PDF on how to use that. Um, And there's loads of downloadables and a full year work list as well, actually. So anything that, everything that really does need to get on board, done on board with guests on, guests off, 
throughout the whole year. So it's been really wow. exciting. And um, I'm not someone who likes to be like, oh, I'm working on this project coming soon. I just like to launch it because I just get yep. quite worried about, you know, oh gosh, what are people going to say about me doing this? But I just launched it and had loads of um, beautiful feedback. So yeah, it's been great. Oh, it, it just looks, it looks absolutely amazing. And, you know, something that I would love to just also celebrate you, Jem, is that I know that this transition has been challenging. Like you said, it's been bizarre. It's been weird. It's been probably even almost like harder coming off of the boat than it was like just in your routines that you were in being on the boat, even though they might not have been what felt like the most like optimized version of you. I would imagine like stepping out of that environment felt, you know, (laughs) unnerving, unracking. So to see you channel that energy into this creative outlet is so inspiring. And, you know, I think for anyone listening to this who is trying to go through change, a season of change in their life, I think it's important to really know that there will be ups, there will be downs. And I think seeing it in you, Jem, and also seeing it in, uh, you know, my clients and some friends as well, just leaning into what feels expansive. Like you said, when Ben said to you, Jen, you just light up, like there is something to that. And I think as women, especially, we forget that our desires are good. Our desires are good. And I think we've been thought to believe that, oh, if I lean into my desires, then I'm lustful or I'm a bad girl or something bad's going to happen to me or heaven forbid, if I desire something and then I don't get it, I'm setting myself up for for failure, right? I'm not setting myself up for success. And I think it's just important to know that like these desires light you up for a reason. And it doesn't always mean that along the way, it's going to be like rainbows and butterflies. And that's also okay, right? Absolutely. implementing your support, implementing your um, channeling your energy into what intuitively feels good is really all that matters. Because listen, there are resources out there, therapists, health coaches, you know, pastors, friends, whoever it may be, your community that you lean into, like you said from the very beginning, Jen, like we cannot do it alone. So where can our community come and find you and connect with you? Oh, well, thank you. Um, And I, gosh, yeah, I totally agree. I think it's so important to have that um, community. And I think what you've built is such a testament to that. So thank you on behalf of a member of your community. Um, So to find me online on Instagram um, at the Yacht Stew, uh, the podcast is at the Yacht Stew podcast or um, www.theyachtstew.com. Amazing. And I'll, of course, be sure to link all of this into the show notes. And Gem, I'm just so grateful for you. And hopefully everyone listening to this is just cheering you on in the background right now (laughs) for this big transition back onto land and really leaning into your heart and soul. I'm just so congratulatory for you and so excited for you. Thank you so much. I know how valuable and precious our time is in today's world of productivity, and I couldn't be more grateful for yours today. If you feel that this episode was of value to you, I would be even more grateful if you were to share it with your people. Go ahead and copy and paste that link into messages. Smartphones make it super easy these days. Or if you're feeling really creative, pop a screenshot of the episode into your Instagram stories and send it on over to that person in your life who might need this boost of inspiration today. Don't forget to tag the podcast handle Let's Start Health and my personal account, The Yogi Yachty, so we can have all the fun connecting, building community, and sharing all the things. Thank you again, and remember, be curious and unwavering on this journey to health.